This is the Run Pod Option. I'm Marty. I'm Kyle. I'm Jeff. We got all hands on board. You can follow us on Twitter at RunPodOption or email us at RunPodOption at gmail.com. We are part of the Fifth Quarter Network, fifthquarter.net, Discord, forums, articles, our show. We have another guest. We <laughs> brought back Corwin Heller of the Juicing the Numbers podcast. Corwin, say hello. What's up, guys? Happy to be here. So we had you back because you are another football nerd like us. You're well-versed in the NFL, unlike me, so I wanted some help here. And also, you're like six foot seven, so we could help the average height of the show in general. Yeah, Marty, I got to say, the, uh, the, the things you said in the email that you sent me before the show um, are some of the nicest things anyone's ever said to me. And, uh, well, the voice it, and the height, it's, just, it's, a, yeah. it's a mystery you're not already married, really. <laughs> Listen, if you want to help, you know, establish my dating profile online, if you want to uh, run by some ideas with me, I think you're the man for the job because uh, you get me. You well, really- here's the tip, and this and this will segue perfectly into it. Maybe for your profile picture, you take a picture of yourself standing awkwardly in a room in front of a bunch of computer monitors where people are doing uh, cheering for picks like Roger Goodell was. <laughs> Gentlemen, what did we think of the first remote online NFL draft. I, I kind of liked super casual Roger Goodell. Yeah, that was the best part. <laughs> was, was that when he was leaned back and he had his legs crossed? Yeah, seeing Goodell just like, <laughs> yeah, that was from, like his standard, uh, you know, typical standing up straight, like super formal announcing picks to just like cannot be bothered to even sit up in that chair of his was <laughs> the best part of the draft. I wish we could, if from Every year on out for the rest of the time, if we could just wheel that lazy boy up onto the stage at the draft and just have Goodell sit there the whole time and like people bring him the cards. That's and he has perfect. to be knocking out like you know he was knocking out like a glass of glass of brandy like an hour. He's just like crushing it. Oh yeah. <laughs> what if he had from from now on, he sat in that chair, but it was on like a riser that would lift from the bottom of the floor up every time there was a new pick. So he he <laughs> He descend from the floor to make a pick and then sink back down underneath the stage between picks. <laughs> While that would be incredibly epic, having to like watch him sit there for like six hours on Saturday for like rounds four through seven, no cutting away. We just have to see him sit there and take a nap, essentially. I think that would be ideal. You see him blow his nose and he's trying to pick a booker nonchalantly. Like, just to, like everyone's looking, so he's trying to be real careful about it. Can't get up to go to the bathroom. Just has a bedpan underneath him. <laughs> when the players come out to like shake his hand, they do that bit where they just start to raise it a little bit higher and a little bit higher, so <laughs> that they can't shake his hand. They're just jumping up <laughs> trying to grab him. It's uh, like the Geico commercial where he's got the dollar on the fish on the on the fishing <laughs> reel, and he's like, "Oh, gotta be quicker. Go, gotta be quicker than that." Than that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Did we like him playing up to the booze, the digital booze? I did it first. I thought it was funny, and then he kept doing it, and I just hated him even more. <laughs> it's like, how dare you accept this? Yeah, I liked him leaning into it to begin with, and then after a while, I was like, okay, yeah, just let it happen behind you. Don't acknowledge it. Just, just go. Yeah. With it. And like after a while, it was just cheerleaders for the team anyway. Like they didn't have enough fans to populate it, so it's just the cheerleader sitting there. It's because nobody has enough. Doesn't have the right computer equipment. 
So do it. <laughs> yeah, bandwidth was at a minimum for some of those cameras too, because you could see them <laughs> glitching out on like the top right corner. It was like a slideshow. Marty, can you see my dad trying to set up like a like a webcam to try to cheer on the Panthers? No, and that's fascinating because I wonder if if they put out a blast for those cheerleaders and either sent them equipment if they didn't have a webcam, like how much money they spent to be able to do things digitally. If nothing else, just how much they spent sending gear to coaches' houses for them to set up. So much. Dude, they sent a bunch to um, they sent all those cameras to the players too to set up. Yeah. Jeff, who was your favorite mm. coach's room or GM's room that you saw? Ooh, that's a good one. Is it Kingsbury and no one else that's touches good. him? Because No, I, I, I gotta go with um Mike Zimmer's baller <laughs> like hunting cabin. Did you see that? <laughs> that was pretty sweet. I enjoyed Jerry Jones on a yacht. <laughs> a $250 million yeah. mega yacht, yeah. What a where he's kind of being weird about like where he was. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, awkwardly uh, sitting six feet from his daughter and his grandson. <laughs> <laughs> it was extremely mean, awkward. Those were all like very enjoyable, but Cliff Kingsbury's Parasite House was just on another level in my mind. Like It was. Damn. You could almost hear the people in the basement screaming through the picture. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, I also really enjoyed Matt Nagy's room i don't know what even type of room it was but like the weird playbooks and like just like prep info from like past games just as the wallpaper um real creepy vibe and really fitting for uh, matt Nagy and the bears well especially with how the bears draft panned out in general it's no shocker <laughs> all your picks are like from three thir- third round to seventh round josh and i did a episode on Ryan Pace's tenure with the Bears that's coming out tomorrow over at Juicing the Numbers podcast. Uh, give us a oh listen. my goodness. Um, I absolutely listen we, to that. Yeah, definitely. We are not kind to Ryan Pace and the draft class this year. <laughs> I mean, we're missing the biggest bit, though. We're missing the Vrabel household. Oh, yeah. 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 The, the guy potentially pooping in the background. The Titans Frozone. The kid in the crazy suit, yeah. The kid in the Frozone suit. Is that what the guy's name is from <laughs> The Incredibles? Yeah. Frozone? Frozone. Yeah, the mullet, all of it. Vrabel. Just do Honestly, it's... I really I really like to imagine that that kid always shits with the door open, and Vrabel had to sit him down and be like, listen, Bill, you gotta fucking do it for me tonight, man. I can't have you fucking this up. And he's just like... I'm gonna, and he lost track of the I'm gonna fuck you up so bad, old man. Yeah. And then Frozone messed up his uh, the angle for him to be able to see it because he kept a lot <laughs> eye on the door. And he's like, I'll stand over here. I got you, Billy. You keep pooping over there. I also really like Bill Belichick's uh, cozy three-bedroom, three two-bathroom that he's got with his dog. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Half the time it was just his dog at the computer. His dog's a <laughs> Do real you- mastermind. Did you see the memes of like the lady yelling at the cat, but instead it was Bill Belichick's dog? <laughs> yeah, it was fantastic. Uh, so, I uh, I was dying of laughter when that first popped up. That honestly might have been the highlight of the night for me. That first round, <laughs> just a fucking dog just chilling. Yeah, no context whatsoever. Just the dog was just chilling there, just beautifully framed. Oh, fantastic. 
So before we get into best and worst picks or, or particular draft classes, I did want to run down just keeping it because we are a college football podcast. There were 15 picks in the first round from the SEC. An account for conferences for players drafted had the SEC leading with 63. I don't think that surprises anybody. No. The Big Ten with 48. The Pac-12 with 32. I think that probably surprises some people. ACC 27. Big 12 21. And the American Conference at 17. And I see down here that the Mac had two. Uh, what do we need to do to save the Mac? <laughs> the Mac is drowning. The Mac tied the Colonial Conference and the Missouri Valley Conference in Division Two for picks taken. Well, when you don't have Omar Jacobs, when True. you don't have Michael Turner, what are you going to do? I've, I don't have any solutions here, fellas. I mean, I'm as big a fan of Maction as you guys are, but I don't know. Until you uh, can call up some 18-year-olds with some fat stacks to hand out, I don't think they're... Uh, Gonna be tracking any, you know, marquee players to the MAC anytime soon. I think the real. Problem I was gonna say Dan Lefevre's not walking through that door. <laughs> they just didn't pay enough attention to Western Michigan. There were quite a few Western Michigan players that got picked up as undrafted free agents too, and I may or may not be talking about one of them later. <laughs> I don't know, man. PJ Fleck gone. Can't even. Uh, they lost all their uh, marketability. He abandoned them. Yeah. Their luster. <laughs> Rode the damn boat. So. Best and worst picks. It doesn't have to be exclusive to the first round, but I imagine there's probably a few of them in here. Jeff, if you want to start, and we can just kind of go around the table here. Best or worst pick, and just rip them off. It, it was a later pick in the first round, but the Packers selecting Jordan Love. Um, <laughs> I think it was a terrible pick. I know all the Packer fans were up in arms about them not drafting receivers, but there was other, other needs they had. And Jordan Love is going to need some time. So I, I think that was a terrible pick in the first round. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I am uh, I am not a fan of Jordan Love in uh, really any capacity. So I was uh, very, very annoyed to see that pick, especially with uh, so many good wide receivers and options for Aaron Rodgers right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just going over some, some receivers that got picked shortly after Jordan Love got drafted, you have T. Higgins, uh, LaVisca Chenault, K.J. Hamler, Chase Claypool, Van Jefferson, and there's some. There's definitely like 15 more after that. Antonio Denzel Mims. Do we think that it's a bad thing to draft a first-round quarterback with the intention to sit him for a couple years? Because we're not that far removed from that being the standard. If it's the right fit, I'm all about it. Like, I was a big proponent of, and I will talk about this pick in a minute because... How can we not? But Jalen Hurts going to a team like the Steelers. I think that would be a great fit. So I know it's not the first round, but close enough where if it's a good fit, if you have your guy on the way out, if you don't have any glaring needs you need to fill, I think it's the perfect opportunity. I just think this pick specifically is just not a good fit, not the right player, and not the right situation. Yeah, I'm I'm not sure I believe in Jordan Love at all. At the next level. It's because people are looking at a guy who's possibly, that's kind of a project, but has a big arm and saying, we might be able to Pat Mahomes this. We've seen this show before. Yeah. Well, here's the other thing. Pat Mahomes was good in college, though. Exactly. <laughs> and on, on a crappy team. And let's face it, Aaron Rodgers isn't going to help him out. I, I forget. 
I forget who it was, but um, I think it was Eli Manning with Daniel Jones, basically where Eli was saying like, look, I'm, I'm not going to throw this guy out, you know, and not give him the light of day, but I'm also not going to be like holding his hand, walking him through it. Like I'm going to go through what I need to do. He's going to be right there next to me, just learning as I go through it. He's going to learn something from that. He's going to get better by doing that. It's just, you know, I'm not going to be his kindergarten teacher. That's why we hire coaches, right? Yeah. It's the Favre Rogers thing. It was the Favre Rogers thing back in 05. Yep. The Packers enjoyed it so much. It got them a Super Bowl with Rogers. So maybe they're just thinking, thinking <laughs> long term. We're, and we're being, we're being rude about it. Corwin, what was the pick that you were going to, uh, to pick as either best or worst or good or bad? I got to go with good pick. That's just, he's my guy. Uh, Antoine Winfield Jr. going to the Bucks, uh, second nice. round, pick 13, 45th overall. I viewed Winfield as the top safety in the class. I thought uh, skill-wise could be a top 15 player. I know people are hating on him because he's a little small. Get the fuck out of here with that. I mean, the guy is uber productive, uber intelligent, excellent playmaker, excellent ball skills. I think he's going to be uh, an all-pro level player. I screamed at my TV when the Bucks picked him up six picks ahead of the Steelers. <laughs> it's just one of those things where, you know, he's my dude. He is my dude from this class. I will stand by him through thick and thin. He could end up being the biggest bust, and I'll be like, nah. He's Winfield had a he's hell there. of a game against Penn State this year, too. Listen, Marty, let's uh, let's not talk so, about no, that. So, 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 so you, you, you grade him out as, as the best safety in the class. Mm-hmm. Do you think – and I think this is, this is me speaking to Winfield's ability. If they had put him as a corner and said, okay, Antoine Winfield Jr., you're a <coughs> cornerback. He's still a top 10 cornerback coming mm-hmm. out. I think, yeah. I mean, I think he'd have to play nickelback if they were going to put him in a corner or, you know, throw him in the slot or something. I don't know. I don't think he has the the raw speed and change of direction to be a top corner, but top 10 easily. Um, you know, I think he's still a, a fringe round one, top of round two kind of guy. I mean, I talked about it on our pod, to see the number, you should listen, that Tier three of cornerbacks, basically the AJ Terrell, Trayvon Diggs, Jalen Johnson, like all those guys that were behind Okuda and Henderson um, that were all talked about going essentially in the first or second rounds. I think he'd be right there in the middle with them. Kyle, who do you have as a good or bad player? I've got one on both sides. Um, Good. How ready are we for uh, Cam Akers to be a bell cow for the Rams? He's going to be so good there. Yeah, I'm excited for him. I think he's going to be wonderful yeah. there. Um, I'm a little sad for DeAndre Swift because he's going to a, uh, to a <laughs> hole for running backs. But, you know, there's that. Kind of along that same line with cornerbacks. So my wife is a big Atlanta fan. And she saw my face when they drafted A.J. Terrell with 16. <laughs> and I was just like, that's a bit of a reach. I'd have rather have gone with Trayvon Diggs right there. Or if you're going to go corner, I honestly thought they were going to go uh, Caleb on chase on right there because they need an edge rusher. I know that they signed Dante Fowler, but I've been down that road before. <laughs> um, I didn't I didn't understand. I know that their secondary is, is rough, Atlanta, but you, you could have gotten – you could have moved back and gotten him. It felt like a panic pick. Yeah. Yes. And, and 16, <laughs> there's still so much out there talent-wise. Yeah. 
and and I'm going to speak about one of them here in a little while, but uh, two of the the bad picks I have. One was the Henry Ruggs selection by the Raiders, <laughs> and and it wasn't that I think Hold Ruggs is time, bad. Sir. I like Ruggs a lot. I think when C.D. Lamb and Jerry Judy are still on the board, you have to go with one of them. That was my only problem with the pick is that Henry Ruggs and C.D. probably should have swapped their positions in terms of just draft position. The other one is Daryl Taylor from Tennessee being drafted by the Seahawks. It just it felt like a reach, especially when Epinesa was on board. And they got him, I think it was early in the second round. I'm looking now, panicking. Hmm. It was at the 48th overall pick. And hmm. Epinesa was taken with the 54th. It felt like there was a better option. I, 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 Darrell Taylor, Darryl Taylor was, at best, a good second defensive end for a couple of years until he gets consistent. And I think AJ, you could plug in immediately and he makes a difference on a team, especially with the bills that he went to. And he could be like that big D end where you kind of move him inside too, if you needed to need to. Mm-hmm. So I think you're missing a lot of versatility now, but here's the thing with the, with the rugs pick. That's the most Raiders pick ever. It doesn't matter what city exactly. they're in. It's the most Raiders <laughs> pick ever. It's one of those picks where you could have written in like written in, in pen. If he was available, the Raiders were going to take him. No questions <laughs> asked. Well, we were all talking draft night and one of our friends is a big San Francisco fan. And, you know, picking a couple <laughs> picks forward and he was like, oh, we're going to get a receiver. We're, we're going to finally get something, you know, we're going to finally cash in on this. And he's like, you know, maybe we'll get rugs. Maybe we'll get a – he's like, well, you know, Tampa Bay's not going to take one. We're either going to get Lamb or, uh, or Judy. And I was like, watch, the Raiders are going to pick rugs because of fast. <laughs> and then they picked him. But then his dreams were dashed when San Francisco took uh, Kinlaw instead. I don't – I just like on the Kinlaw pick, I like Kinlaw a lot as a player, but the 49ers trading away DeForest Buckner for that 13th pick and then taking a guy who at his best could be DeForest Buckner was just <laughs> like – yeah, he's going to be a great player, Kinlaw, but I mean, come on. Like that's, that's really how you're going to do it. Ugh. Yeah, it didn't make much sense to me. Yeah, one other pick. You guys are talking about rugs. I really liked Denver taking Jerry Judy at 15 because they also are pairing him with KJ Hamler. That's just going to be. And Sutton. It's going to be awesome. Yeah, Yeah, and Sutton. And uh, the tight end from Iowa that they've got. Like that offense, if if Locke can get it going, is going to be really exciting. So that was. That was an exciting pick. Locke is going to be the pick. most important part of that whole thing because if he if he can even just be seventy five percent good, that is there's so much speed on the field that is yeah. insane. And if anything, it's interesting to me how the Raiders had like their overall draft because I don't really have them on my list, but the Raiders went with some good defensive picks because they need it because of the division they're in. It's interesting to me how the Broncos kind of went with, all right, we're just going to keep up with Kansas city. We're just going to try to outscore them. And they've got speed all over that field. How perfect was that Clyde, uh, Clyde Edwards Hilaire pick though for Kansas city. One of the best. I'm I'm so happy for him. I'm so happy for Clyde (laughs) that he's going there. That's going to be so much fun for him to be able to just pick up where he left off Mm -hmm. on a high powered offense. Oh yeah. Like I've seen the Brian Westbrook 
Brian Westbrook comparisons everywhere, and I'm just so excited to see that. Cause, oh, like, man, I miss Westbrook. Westbrook was, was the guy when I was growing up, and being able to have another guy with Andy Reid there, I'm, I'm excited to see that. He's going to be a monster. Uh, one, one of my other – I had two other good picks that I wanted to do. Epinesa is one of them, which I already kind of covered in that same conversation. Another one was uh, another Broncos pick since we're speaking about them, and it's Lloyd Cushenberry in the third round getting what is probably going to be a starter uh, at that stage felt like an incredible pick and it's really smart pick. Mm -hmm. Does anybody else have any other good and bads? I have, uh, I have two more day threes that I really like. And uh, while we're still in the first round, I'll mention uh, probably my least favorite pick in the draft. uh, Damon Arnett, cornerback out of Ohio (laughs) State, the Raiders. Terrible. Oh my God. Like, I saw some stuff where, you know, he he timed like a four six forty at the combine and I saw someone like break it down where like, oh no, he actually got like a four five four, you know, it was just a, a jumped clock, whatever it may be. And the Raiders said that they timed him at, you know, four four five. Whatever the real time is, he's still not fast enough to make up for the fact that he's not that great of a quarterback. He is like I saw his ceiling being like end of the third round. I just don't get it at all. I think I mean, they're they're going to try yeah. to recreate the Legion of Boom bit because he's a stand-up press corner, right? And when they got Amik Robertson in the fourth two, I think those two <coughs> picks alone are good picks. But yeah, like you said, picking him at 19 felt like an incredible reach. I think Amik Robertson is a better cornerback than Damon Arnett. And if they're they're trying to get their guy and they're trying to recreate that Legion of Boom, do it. Do it in like the second or third round. Trade back. Just ugh. the value is just terrible. There. Yeah, nineteen. I Here's agree. a fun thing. Could could Atlanta have traded with the Raiders for them to trade up and take the same guy? Easily. <laughs> if if the Raiders traded up to take Damon Arnett, I think Raiders fans as a whole should have just stopped watching the draft. <laughs> signed a letter the uh, the Raiders and just being like fire Mayock the dude's not working like it's one thing to have one of those guys as like your number three uh, cornerback when like you're on the NFL network and it doesn't really matter it's like okay cool you want to highlight this guy because you think he's undervalued you're going to put him at three go right ahead it's a talking point but yeah this is real money this is this is real life this is a guy that you're hoping can turn into a cornerstone of your defense I mean, just, you know, the Cleland Farrell pick last year, this pick this year, I just, I don't know, man. If I was a Raiders fan, I'd be nervous right now. Aside from <laughs> Jordan Love, what other first-round quarterback interests you the most or that you're the most doubtful of for all three of you? Herbert. Herbert. I do not like Herbert in the slightest. Yeah, he's always been a little just uh... – Kind of shaky, you know? Mm-hmm. The mental game, I am scared shitless of. I'm scared that he has never really developed into anything better than what he was as a true sophomore. Um, you know, not having really any major development over your multiple years at a top program like Oregon is scary. I agree with Corwin. And that position, like, they have Tyrod Taylor who... I don't know, it's going to be functional at best. Like They're going to press Herbert in there, and it's not going to go well. I was really hoping they took a tackle at f- six, whatever their pick was, yeah. and 
grabbed a guy like Jalen Hurts in the second round. I thought that would have been a yep. perfect draft situation for them. But it didn't work out that way. I'm only worried about Tua when it comes to injuries, you know, because he's playing in Miami and he might die. Yeah, <laughs> I thought they did a pretty decent job of getting him some protection. Um, and not Is that as protection going to be ready, have, though? But, yeah, it's it's definitely a huge question mark there. Is Jordan Love just a, uh, a G5 version of Justin Herbert? No, because I think, uh, I think Justin Herbert at least has the – physical ability to be a top quarterback in the NFL if everything works out. I think Love's realistic ceiling is like Jameis Winston. So he needs LASIK? Yeah, he needs LASIK. He <laughs> needs a thick old pair of glasses. <laughs> he gets the Urkel glasses. Great. <laughs> what team's overall draft class stood out to you guys is either something that was incredibly good or incredibly bad. We're going just complete, not just kind of good, but either excellent or horrible. Uh, Patriots really puzzled me. <laughs> Two tight ends, getting a kicker in the fifth round. That's the most <laughs> Bill Belichick thing ever. <laughs> They need a tight end depth, though, right? They only had two on the roster going into the draft. Yeah, but Harrison Bryant was, was called still the Bears. And Thad Moss, man. I'm a Thad Moss fan. But Thad Moss is more of a blocker than he is a catcher. Yeah. So if they're going to try to replace uh, Gronk and the other guy we won't talk about. <laughs> trying to pull that. Well, or, we try also- to, ben Watson? Or, try use, or try to use them that kind of offense. <laughs> Judging by this this comparison, one of them is going to have a really tough time in about four years. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, take your bets. I'm voting on the kid from UCLA. I don't remember which I think that's a CSC. Yeah. Yeah, a CSC from UCLA, and they've got Dalton Kane from Virginia Tech. I'm a fan of a CSC. I don't know much about uh, Kane. Virginia Tech had a pretty so-so offense, so. The Cowboys, what, uh, man. what Cowboys blew me away. I thought that was one yeah. of the best draft classes I've ever seen. Um, as just a pure value standpoint, they were able to get essentially the best player available at nearly every pick. They filled in all their major needs. I was very open about how I thought Jerry Jones was going to have the worst class ever just because he was on his own, on a boat, in the middle of the ocean. Just He was going to go rogue and just draft the most ridiculous players. This <laughs> Pick Johnny just, Manziel. Yeah, exactly. This just blew me away. Um, I love this to death. I thought they had an excellent draft. The Minnesota Vikings stood out to me, and it might just be purely because they had a million picks. Yeah. Those, those first three, those first four picks, excuse me, I love. Justin Jefferson, Glef God, Gladney, perfect fits. Uh, Cleveland, I think, uh, is pretty raw, but I think he'll end up there nicely if he's allowed to, you know, build up a little bit. Uh, and I am a big fan of Cameron Damsler. So, yeah, I was just as impressed that they were able to snag James Lynch, Troy Dye, and Harrison Hand in the fourth and fifth round because those guys, to me, are obviously not step-in starters, but they're rotation guys. And in a couple of years, I think all of them could likely at least be starters or in Harrison hands, maybe a, a third or a fourth cornerback. I'm biased, but Jacksonville's draft I thought was wonderful. It filled a bunch of needs. How much did they have to sell to get those picks, though? 
oh, it was going to be a it was going to be a complete rebuild as it was. <laughs> they're so. <laughs> I mean, they're starting from scratch. So I was looking for as much draft capital as possible, and I'm happy with the picks. And it seems like they tried to they decided to go with people that don't have as much like crazy personality like a Jalen Ramsey, like Yannick Ngakwe, who you need to kind of massage their ego and went with kind of quieter people. We'll see how that works. I'm not happy with the fact that Caldwell's still there as a GM and we're going to go through our second rebuild with him. But I think that Henderson is a great pick for them. We have no defensive backs, so <laughs> why not get the best one available at the time? Uh, Chase on, I think, will be wonderful. Uh, I, I guess the, the talk is that Jacksonville's going to move to more of a 3-4 this year. Hmm. Yes. So going with Schobert uh, and Jack and Chase on, you'll have well Chase on and Allen will be able to either stand up or or go uh, go down linemen. You'll have. I heard Telvin Smith's available. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> well, and Jeff, Jeff and Corwin, the 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 Scott pick, the cornerback out of Michigan State that the Jags picked up. What are your thoughts on him? Because I saw Michigan State corner and I don't remember seeing him play last year, and that might just be. A bad memory, but what are your thoughts on that pick? He was never a standout guy to me. You know, he was never really a top guy that really shut anyone down. Uh, I know, you know, late fourth round pick, that's not exactly uh, where you would find these shutdown guys, but he was never, never stood out to me as an NFL caliber cornerback. But I also didn't look into him too much. All signs are pointing at they want him to be a, a nickel to okay. take over for, uh, for DJ Hayden when he goes and goes his separate ways. Um, I kind of like the Ben Barch pick, you know, because there's always yeah. some random offensive lineman from some no-name school that ends up doing well. And he looks like a big old dude, so I'm all right with that. Will you drink his milkshake? I will not because it will kill me. It has peanut let's butter talk in about, it. Let's talk about the milkshake. <laughs> do, you, do, you have, do, you have, do you know what the recipe is? Uh, Gatorade, instant grits, peanut butter, um... Uh, I'm googling right now. Uh, sure. What what cottage cheese? I think. Oh my god! Uh, there was all something else that you can eat. Maybe separate. banana. Oh yeah, to- all bunch of things that should be eaten separately. Okay, I'm trying. To How long this. is it before Minshew is drinking that with him? Uh, <laughs> would not Bud be Light surprised if he already did. Yeah. <laughs> if that was like his way of introducing himself, like, "Hey man, drank your smoothie, shit my brains out. Welcome to the team." <laughs> okay, seven scrambled eggs, cottage oh. cheese, quick grits, peanut butter, bananas, gator. Oh my god. Damn, I think I got it. I think you did. I think he did. <laughs> he had to add 70 pounds when he moved to an offensive tackle, which is why he switched to that shake. The strength coach at his high school, I think, gave it to him. <laughs> or helped him that build. man a raise. Where is that guy? Next, he's an ex-strength and conditioning guy. But he just looks, he's just 300 pounds. He didn't have the fancy mustache or any, any bit like all the strength and conditioning coaches do nowadays. <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of excited about the Colin Johnson pick just for the fact that they could possibly move him to tight end. He's 6'6", six, six, about 230. Bulk Yeah. Use him as like a flex tight end. Yeah, or just Great use hands. him in, in, in red zone jump Is ball a- type, de- type deals. I get him and uh, Duvernay confused. Which one of them had the single drop throughout his entire career? I always forget which one that one, that one was. 
Because I know Duvernay's the burner, Johnson's the size uh, it's guy. It's Duvernay. Session guy. It's Duvernay. Duvernay had the one drop. All right, well, fuck Colin Johnson then. Terrible pick. <laughs> In the fifth? Come on, man. <laughs> Jeff, which, which class did you really like? So I didn't really realize. I was kind of loosely paying attention you know, after the first night, the Ravens, I think, put together a really good draft. Mm. Um, getting Patrick Queen in the first, getting J.K. Dobbins in the second, and then they just put together a ton of solid picks. Ben Bredesen from Michigan. James Proche. Proche? Proche? From at SMU, yeah. Marty? It's Proche. Proche. Uh, we were we shocked that, that he fell I've so far. Proche on the broadcast, but it, I've heard it both ways. But... Uh, yeah, getting Malik Harrison in the third round from Ohio State, like I just I felt like they had a really solid draft and filled a lot of, you know, holes they had. So Yeah, scary to that team had that many picks and made so many good ones with how good they were last year. That was definitely yeah. my number two class. I thought they basically hit it out of the park, like you said, like a lot of picks filled a lot of holes that weren't even necessarily huge holes. Patrick Queen, JK Dobbins, Matabuke, <laughs> right. all gonna be instant impact starters for them. I'm a Geno Stone fan from Iowa, that safety. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of a, a hybrid guy that I think Harbaugh is going to be able to utilize pretty well. So, as a Steelers fan, I fucking hated this draft. As a draft <laughs> fan, I thought it was pretty great. That's a good pivot. <laughs> Who do you think had the worst draft? You fucker. <laughs> <laughs> um, man, I mean, the Steelers, while I give them a lot of shit because they deserve it, don't think they necessarily had the worst draft. Um, the Bears, honestly, I thought the Bears fucked up. Um, taking Cole Komet there at 43, I think it was. Mm-hmm. Um, ridiculous Stupid. in my mind, especially with how many fucking tight ends they have on that roster. I think it was eight, wasn't it, going into it the draft? Like, no, it was like ten. eight or nine or something like that. Um, it might have been nine after after they took Komet, but regardless. Pick up leagues worth of tight ends. <laughs> it's fucking insane, man. Steelers, though, I I don't love a lot of the picks. Um, I would have much rather seen other players taken, but I think it has a, a good amount of potential. Um, I mean, Chase Claypool wasn't the guy I wanted them to take. If they were going to take a wide receiver, I'm more of a Denzel Mims guy, but at the same time, it's the Steelers drafting a wide receiver I'm going to pass them the ball and say, do what you will. You guys know a hell of a lot more than I do and have that track record track record to show for it. The way the offensive coordinator, Randy Fickner, was talking about it, he, I think he wants his daughter to marry him. I don't know. Um, I'm a big Alex Highsmith guy. I think he has a ton of potential at uh, edge rusher. Anthony McFarland was the one pick that drove me insane uh, at the time because – I mean, I, we played against Maryland a lot. McFarland has never been a guy that, outside of that one Ohio State game, never really was a great player in my mind. I mean, Penn State shut him down pretty consistently. And looking at him, I just I wasn't a fan, even with all that speed. I really wanted Kayvon Wallace. Uh, he was one of those guys I wanted to mention for day three. Uh, fucking love him. Uh, safety out of Clemson. Uh, the Eagles grabbed him a few picks later. I thought he had the potential to be a day two, uh, early day two kind of guy. But the more I look at McFarland, I, I see potential there. Dotson's a guy who can start uh, after a year or two. Antoine Brooks, another guy from Maryland, is 
I've heard such mixed feelings on him. He's either going to be uh, a special teams only kind of guy or a guy that could come in and start for us instead of um, Tremaine Edmonds or Terrell Edmonds, excuse me. I don't fucking know. Um, and then Carlos Davis, nose tackle, seventh round. Who fucking cares? <laughs> Jeff or Kyle, did he, any other draft that, that Corwin maybe didn't mention stand out to you as just being either baffling? I think when y'all mentioned the Patriots earlier, but we kind of discussed that, or just flat out bad. I mean, the Bears are clearly like the worst draft out there. That they they just really didn't do much. I wasn't very impressed with the Texans, other than like I, I think that Ross Blaylock's a good or Blacklock's a good pick, but other than that, it was very underwhelming. But that's also a case of them just not having a lot of picks, Mm-mm. and. And, and, and everything else that they've done in this offseason. I actually disagree. I don't mind their draft. The offseason moves are fucking atrocious. Insane. And, Baffling. Yeah, he should be jailed. I love Bill O'Brien. He has a special place in my heart for what he did at Penn State. But yeah, no, you should shoot him out of a fucking cannon down in Houston. <laughs> but yeah, I actually don't mind the draft all that much. The players themselves. Van Jefferson, I think, is going to be uh, a pretty good dude for them. Greenard is a guy that with potential. Heck is a guy who could start for them. I'm a huge John Reed supporter. I think he's one of the most undervalued cornerbacks in the class this year. Can't believe it. And then Isaiah <laughs> Coulter, you know, wide receiver out of Rhode Island. That's a that's a risky move right there. But yeah, I, I mean, just I have get a hard time trusting. Like I have a hard time trusting uh, Florida receivers most of the time. That's fair. Je- Jefferson's hey, different. Scout the player, not the helmet. Yeah. <laughs> track record <laughs> and also i don't is where is he going to get on the field because i mean you still have what you got um they signed randall cobb to probably too much money and such an awful deal um <laughs> they still got will fuller who else is they who can't stay on the field yeah jefferson jefferson is good because he he's a good route runner good hands like he's just He's not like a blazer, but he'll be solid. So I do like that pick. Yeah, I mean, I think he'll be a good backup for uh, No Hopkins. So, you know, always got that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was just looking over some of the other picks, and I, I do think the Packers had a really shitty draft. Mm-hmm. I had forgotten they, they took A.J. Dillon in the second round. A.J. Dillon was a, a great college player to watch for Boston College, but he's 240 pounds and slow. And probably so, dead at this point. Yeah, and he just—I mean—he has a ton of ton of mileage on him. Um, they got a, an interesting tight end, uh, Deguara from Cincinnati, but other than that, uh, just not really a great. They t- they took three linemen in the sixth round, which is—I don't know. Those are going to be backups or practice squad guys, and then a I guess other if guys, you hit so. on one of them, then it's a win because it is the sixth round. But yeah, to, to go. Guard, center, tackle, and just draft a whole side of the <laughs> offensive line and just say, like, okay, cool. You yeah. guys are going to be practice squad, and we'll see if we can make it in actually, a few years. I'd actually like to change my answer. Um, the Bears at least had one pick that I liked in Jalen Johnson. The Packers don't have any. So if I uh, can change my answer to the Packers having the worst draft, I'll, I'll throw that and out. And the there. Jalen Johnson pick, though, is going to be subject to him being healthy, right? In a Three shoulder term. surgeries. That's yeah. That's a rough history. A follow That's up a to uh, follow up to the Texans. They also signed Brandon Cooks in the offseason. Wow! So they have wow. all these receivers. 
So that makes me. Why, why are you drafting another receiver in the in the second round? Because they fired their GM and never replaced him. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what they're doing with O'Brien being GM. Just let him be a coach. I, yeah, it's so stupid. I think Chip Kelly did a better job. <laughs> he might have. Just producing on the fly here. Do you guys have some undrafted free agents you'd like to talk about as well? Uh, I have some names that I can throw out there. I'll let you guys go ahead, though. Okay, so so I kind of – I can't remember exactly what I sent you guys, but I had fun names that are going to get a chance, and then some players that I actually think have a decent chance of staying in the league and doing something, which is, as we know, it pretty rare for a lot of undrafted free agents. But I do think maybe this year it could be different just due to the fact that everyone except for Shea Patterson that attended the uh, the Combine got drafted. <laughs> I honestly still can't believe go he to... got signed. <laughs> Who ended up picking him up? The Chiefs. The Chiefs did. I'm going to groom him. I'm going to tackle dummy. Just <laughs> take him to one of the tackle dummies. For real. But I think it showed just how much the effect the coronavirus thing had because there were so many senior days and pro days that – didn't happen and that scouts couldn't go to. So there's a lot of just pure film that was having to make these, that, that led to some of these decisions. I'm going to start. And one of the names that I have on here is Hunter Bryant out of Washington, the tight end. Jeez. Uh, he's I, the Lions. Yeah. I was so surprised Jacksonville didn't take him in like the fifth round. I was like, he's right there. You need a tight end. Then we took, took the dude out of Georgia tech in like the sixth. There's got to be a giant red flag that's just being kept a, a hush-hush secret. because It's, it's got to be his injury history. Yeah, because he was an early round pick projection. He, yeah, because I think he had like an ACL issue, and then he had another surgery after that. Like The dude has just stayed hurt. Yeah, I mean, he was like my – I think he was my number two tight end in this class. And I know it wasn't a great tight end class, but going undrafted is scary. Must be big. Anyone want to go next? I'll go if no one else does. Um, I mean, staying with uh with my my love for Jacksonville. Uh, is it Luke Barku? Or is it Luck Barku? The dude out of San Diego State can't say his name, but he's a defensive back, and San Diego State is your team. Damn good you defense. Should... Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you, say, you say his name. L U Q. Luke Barkew. I don't know what's hard about the... It's the first thing I said. You laid out on me. I mean, I'll stick with Jacksonville. I thought them picking up J.R. Reed was a huge win for them. Um, yeah. I mean, he was the Thorpe winner this past year, right? Out of Georgia? Yeah. Well, I know he's a safety out of Georgia. I'm assuming he won the Thorpe because that's what I remember. I thought he was going to get drafted in the fourth uh, fourth round. Um, I think that's a huge, huge win there because I think he's a guy that can produce right away. In my mind. The Thorpe was Delpit. Really? Delpit won. Okay. Well, he was a finalist, at least. So, And he also brought in Daniel Thomas from, from Auburn, you know, in the draft. So, we'll see what mm-hmm. happens. He got a bunch of safeties. They need help in the defensive, in the defensive backfield. So, why not? I kind of like... Uh, <laughs> I'm kind of intrigued by Khalil Tate going to uh, the Eagles. <laughs> yes, dude. That's... Yes, that's all I got. He wasn't on my list, but I almost put him there because he's obviously not going to be a quarterback for them. <laughs> Is he going to be Greg Ward part two? Yeah, they're just going to keep drafting quarterbacks and turning into receivers. They just yeah, let go of Greg Ward, didn't they? No idea. Uh, 
I th- honestly think so. I think you might be right on that one. I don't know. They 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 have so many weird moves with uh, wide receivers over in Philadelphia. So who knows? It's just weird for them to to pick up Tate and also have Hurts that they drafted at the same time. Mm-hmm. Not because I mean they're they both have different running styles. Hurts could actually maybe be a quarterback down the road. I don't think Khalil's got it in him. But to have a wildcat type of scenario with Khalil and Hurts back in the backfield, basically having cool. your smash and your dash, <laughs> yeah, but also both of them being able to throw a ball, uh, is pretty freaking cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll bring up a guy, Steven Gonzalez, another Penn Stater. I know I'm biased. Fucking throw it in my face. I don't care. Uh, getting picked up by the Cardinals. They need some help with that interior line. Uh, I'm... Very surprised he wasn't drafted. I think he's a very high-floor, low-ceiling guy. Uh, not the most athletic, but very technically proficient. Um, you know, if they had an actual offseason this year, I thought he would be able to push for a starter or backup role um, because it's not like the competition there is going to be super fierce. So, name to watch out for. I'm, I'm going to rip through some offensive players that I had. Brandon Polk. Uh, receiver out of James Madison, former Penn State receiver, got picked up by the Rams. Five foot nine, dude runs a four two eight. He averaged sixteen yards per catch. He could be he really dynamic. Four two eight. Yeah, dude. He what? Is stupid fast. Where was that at Penn State, my man? Come on. He didn't get on the field much. Just looking at the stats, it looked like he maybe had like thirty catches max, and he because yeah. he wasn't fast enough to get on the field. Exactly. <laughs> they kept on calling his name, but somebody else would beat him out there. The problem is he keeps running the other way. He runs really fast. He just runs backwards. Damn. One of those things you'd hope they'd be able to coach out of him. Another receiver was Omar Bayless at Arkansas State. Got picked up by the Panthers. The dude is just pure production. Mm-hmm. So I think he could, in a few years, if given the chance, could be a pretty good slot receiver in the league. Levante Bellamy, the running back out of Western Michigan, signed with the Broncos. Running back, Denver Broncos. I don't have to spell it out for you. He's destined to do some good things, and he immediately he will immediately contribute as a returner too. And then Bryce Perkins, Virginia uh, quarterback, yes. signed with the Rams. It just kind of interests me. Feels like he could he could make the next step eventually, and he was a lot of fun to watch. I was surprised Anthony Gordon didn't get drafted. Quarterback out of. Uh... Yeah, he got picked up by Seattle, didn't he? Yep. I thought uh, I thought he was better than Gardner Minshew was last year as a prospect, but um, mm-hmm. I guess the mustache really did uh, did Minshew in. Well, uh, you're also looking at a Jacksonville front office that is really, <laughs> really smart. So <laughs> they yeah, know so what they're smart. doing. Ugh. <laughs> <sighs> Hey, man, you were able to swindle a fourth-round pick out of the Bears. You guys might be the smartest front office uh, in all the land. <laughs> For that Foles contract? Have fun. Oh. Enjoy. Enjoy Foles. <laughs> what about uh, Jamichael Hasty out of Baylor going to the Niners? There was Baylor quite back. a few Baylor picks that went undrafted that I'm happy to see they got picked up. And Jamichael Hasty, I think, I don't know what that 49ers – Running back room looks like right now. Like, well, they they traded they traded a Brita, didn't they? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm a big Brita fan. Um, I mean, they still have Tevin Colin, Coleman, Raheem Mostert. Um, those guys are going to get essentially all the work there. Kyle Jusic, uh, the fullback. 
um, heavily used, so it'll be tough for him to break in. Could be a guy depending on his re- returning, you know. And also, also Tevin Coleman stays hurt. Yeah, for real. Yeah, he wakes up with a cramp. <laughs> oh, they also have Jarek McKinnon there still, I think. Oh, is he still in the league? Yeah. He was with the Lions for a while. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The last player I had on the undrafted free agents were was Malcolm Roach, defensive tackle out of Texas. The Saints picked him up. Roach was sometimes not there. He's kind of got the Glenn Dorsey effect. He's got a high motor when he wants to, but he was pretty versatile for being 300 pounds. They'd stand him up, shallow coverage, and they'd also stick him after the quarterback, and he was pretty good in run run defense too. So Malcolm Roach could make a roster for the Saints down the road in a few years if he can keep his weight right and his work ethic right. And that's all I got. Some great names out here, though. I mean, New Orleans Saints getting Gus Cumberlander. <laughs> what a name. What a name. I loved him in Sherlock. <laughs> you got Tampa Bay signed a guy that uh, they just right didn't. That, that was pretty wonderful. Tampa Bay signed a guy that they just didn't finish. Doing player guy, and it's your player. <laughs> uh, how about the Bears picking up Khalil Mack's brother and Ladarius? <laughs> I feel like that's uh, Khalil Mack walking into Ryan Pace's office, office <laughs> demanding it. Pace yeah. says no, and Khalil's Mack. Khalil Mack tells him, I will snap you in half if you don't. He's like, okay, yeah, let's sign him in. You <laughs> trade away your future for me, and then this is what you do with it. Sign my fucking brother. And just stand on the desk. You traded for me, and you drafted Mitch Trubisky at one point. And now you've already said no to him. God, fucking Trubisky. Did so you guys- a couple big school cornerbacks here that um, – have some potential to make a name for themselves. Levert Hill out of Michigan, AJ yep. Green out of Miami, and then Lamar Jackson out of Nebraska. Josh uh, Nurse out of Utah interests me too a little bit because yeah. Nurse wasn't awful. True, true. All right. Do we have anything else before we kind of wrap up this post draft coverage? It was kind of a quick show, but we're, we're a college show, so <laughs> I, I'm doing this on the fly. Also, you know, there's no sports right now, so. There are zero sports. The Chiefs did draft an offensive lineman out of Missouri whose first name is Yes Sir. <laughs> Which is and the Panthers dr- drafted the Yeater. The Yeater? Tor. Yeah. No, he's the Yeater. All right, I'm going to find one more I'll good name and then we'll get out of here. <laughs> God, Luke Barku is a cool name until you messed up and then. Well, you can screw you. How about. So, what are your guys' uh, predictions for when uh, off season, or not off season, but uh, team activities can start? Oh, 2021. Don't you, don't you put that evil on me, Ricky Bobby? <laughs> I spoke with with Matt Brown earlier this week in one of our episodes in an interview, and we spoke about it. And one of the things that he brought up as as that made the best point was. If a university is not going to have classes on site, but they're still going to demand that their players be there to attempt to play football, then the NCAA would basically have evidence A, B, C, and D on those athletes deserving to be paid. So, go ahead, Marty. So I think that with and that's and it's a 
that's a position I hadn't considered before because I like I figured okay cool SEC might do their thing because that was also a few weeks back whenever I thought about it these schools were already announcing that summer classes were going to be online and probably winter classes now it's kind of I don't know, man. I, I think they're going to probably target for a normal start date. And then I think the second wave is going to hit and it's going to end up stalling the season altogether. That's my biggest oh, fear. God, That's what I think is going to happen. I am thankful that the NCAA is notorious enough for making the worst decision that they paint themselves <laughs> in a corner and let this happen anyway, not realizing how much it's going to fuck them over. So. That's the best case scenario. Man, if we don't have college football this year, though, I will be fucking devastated. Brother, this show is going to start. It's going to turn into a retro college football uh, (laughs) podcast. We're just going to watch old games on YouTube. Hell yeah. I mean, fuck, Josh and I started doing movie reviews because we have nothing to talk about. Yeah, I saw that come across the feed and I was like, huh. Hmm." Yeah, and some of the alternatives that people are talking about, like, you know, some of the bigger schools are like, well, maybe let's play in empty stadiums. I'm like, can you imagine you know, Penn State and Michigan playing in an empty big house, like, fuck that, too. Like, that just, some of the, I don't know, it, it might be or just... Penn State doing their wide-out game, and they have yeah. all the shirts on the... On the just in an empty stadium, chairs, yeah. No one's there. Yeah, it's Would just, playing I, in an empty stadium affect Rutgers? No, they already do. No, or yeah, SMU, I was say, this benefits matter. SMU big time. <laughs> no one goes to this game. I have I have never seen a stadium as empty as Rutgers. It's unbelievable. It's crazy. What else is that? Why would you want to do that? You're in Piscataway. It's 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 awful all around. It big really Ten, is. baby. Enjoy, enjoy now. <laughs> enjoy yeah. the Big East fruits. Yeah, like you know, Maryland doesn't have the greatest stadium, but like at least it has some character to it. Like. Other Big Ten schools at least feel like college campuses. Fucking Rutgers feels like I'm at a community college in the middle of just the worst city in America. Let us never forget that Maryland, who started off hot last year, extended their stadium and and put in seats for Penn State away fans to come to. And they got blown out. Slaughtered. Got absolutely slaughtered. Hasn't scored a touchdown against us in four years. So absolutely insane. God, I remember right. weeks to week two when I was just sitting there looking at him like, oh, Maryland might be the best fucking team in the country. And they're just they're torching Syracuse right now. And then I was like, oh, wait, Syracuse <laughs> yeah. rem- remembered they were Syracuse. OK, it's fine. Yeah, they looked like LSU before LSU did. They were, when they were hanging 70 points and 65 points and then just I never was, again. I was straight up scared to play them. I thought this was it. I thought this was the year that we get, like, I thought this was Temple sacking us 10 times and beating us for the first time in 77 years. Like, I thought this was it. This was the year Maryland just finally kills us and we will never hear the end of it. But the second quarter, I was fine. <laughs> yeah, second, you already headed home. <laughs> get, getting on the plane. All right, gentlemen, if, there, if there's nothing else or if you want to put any final thoughts, uh, let's do it. And if not, uh, you can go ahead and say goodbye. See you later. Sayonara, Jeff. Get a get a. I do have a, a final a final thought with fourteen picks. How bad is LSU going to be this year if we do have football? You know, the Ooh. FPI projected them. I think nine and three or ten and two. Still, that would be really good. I don't believe I don't, it. I don't believe it at <laughs> I don't all. Don't believe it. What do you no. think they're going to finish at? 
Uh, Without looking at their stats, I, I would guess. I would say on the safe end, like seven wins. Wow. Yeah, I think eight. I think eight's not unreasonable. I think you lose to who you're supposed to. You know, if you're going to lose mm-hmm. to Bama, you'll lose to Auburn. And yeah, there's they, probably two games in there that f- that you'll lose to. I forgot they lost Brady and Aranda too. Like they're replacing their whole coaching staff. Yeah, and they've got the oldest staff in FBS, I think, too. Hmm. So that'll be interesting to see if if those old hats have any innovation left and just dust marks left behind by Brady. No, Man. Miranda at Baylor is going to be interesting too. Power eye, power eye, all day long. Run the wishbone, baby. You were going back to the Mettenberger days, brother. Oh God. <laughs> We're going to get into projections for next season, just assuming they're going to have a season soon. So, Corwin, we'll have you back on the Big Ten preview. Love to hear it. Cool. I always love coming on here. Cool. Gentlemen, uh, let's say goodbye, and let's uh, let's go get ready for a busy Monday at work. Hey, listen to Juicing the Numbers podcast. Juicing the Numbers podcast, Corwin. That's yeah, do that. Juicing Pod, right? Yes, at Juicing cool. Pod on Twitter. Um Email us at juicingpod dot at gmail dot com. No dot. edu slash yep. <laughs> co dot uk. Listen, Josh does this every single episode. He always asks if I want to give it a give it a shot. I always say no. I'm gonna fuck it up. Here's my chance, and I fuck it up immediately. So. Lo and behold, I'll edit it all out. <laughs> no, I won't. No, I won't. <laughs> Jeff, Kyle, have a good one, everyone. And, That's all. Um, Stay safe out there. Watch out for Tom and Smith. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. He's got money and he's bored. Bye, y'all. <laughs> he's got money and he's bored. Hi, my name is Joshua Tracy. And I am Corwin Heller. And we are the hosts of a statistics and sports podcast called Juicing the Numbers. We cover the NFL, college football, MLB, and the NHL with anything that we like to talk about in between. If you like sports and the numbers behind it, come check out our show, Juicing the Numbers, on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you find podcasts. Hit us up on Twitter at JuicingPOD.